With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Cut the Crap with You Doll, where we cut the crap from your personal and professional relationships through tough, tantalizing, transforming conversation and coaching. Now, here's your host, You Doll. Welcome, I'm You Doll, your host and professional and personal relationship consultant at your service. You're listening to Cut the Crap with Udall, where it's all about your transforming your professional and personal relationships one conversation at a time. Now, today's show is pre-recorded uh, because our guest is hailing all the way from Australia, and based on the 16-hour time difference, the only way we could really be able to have her wonderful expertise on the show is to actually pre-record the show uh, with her uh, information. So uh, you're not going to be able to call in today, but you can always definitely connect with us on uh, Cut the Crap with You Doll on Facebook or uh, send us a note on our website at www.allaboutrelationships.us. So send us a note if you have any questions and so forth. And uh, we're excited to be able to have our great guest. um, And her name is Beverly uh, Searly. And she's hailing from Australia, and she uh, is talking about our topic today, which is, um, you know, how to manage your eating disorders. And I know you're wondering why we're talking about eating disorders, but this is about relationship with self as well as relationship with other people. And so Beverly is uh, a researcher, and she's applied a particular process of psychosynthesis Uh, regarding subpersonalities in her healing work. And so she is doing the work that no one else is doing. She's uh, on the frontier of being able to do healing in a fast way. So please, uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, Send us a note if you have any questions. I believe in education and empowerment. I talk the theories through them. And I say to them, you must be able to trust your own mind. Trust the process and trust me, because I'm your tool guide into your mind. And just like we have a universe with the stars, we have the universe of living here on the earth, we have a world, we have a world out there in the universe, we have the world we live in, which is the earth, uh, and then we
to make sure it's done properly is that um, you can um, you run the body and the home in the head is run by your housekeeper who was a part of you and you work together for the rest of your life to make you reach your highest goals. And you can talk to them and ask, they can do things like get upset, put them through the healing process and usually five, ten minutes later you're over it's just incredible. As you can see, I've been... So is, this, is, this, is this very similar to archetype? Nope. Altogether different. Okay. I was just checking. I was just asking. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what happens, I'll talk to the theory. When you're born, you're hardwired to remember. But you haven't lived this life before. You haven't lived in this body before. So you have to have right. a way of... You have to have a way of storing your lived experience picking up a bottle, falling, etc., uh, etc. Et now, you can, um, you could, so I'll give you the example of you're three years old, you get a three-wheeler bike, you put your leg over it to ride it. You're so excited. You've never ridden a bike before, so the moment you do the action of putting your leg over, sit on the, the bike, a spark goes off on your mind to hold that lived experience of bike riding. So then that's their role. That's their mood. That's a mood as well as a role. So your subpersonalities are your roles and moods. So every time you go on a bike, that subpersonality says, I'm on. That's their role. So and then I say to them, well, you know, you're seven, you get the two-wheeler. Same subpersonality. It gets bigger and stronger. Then about 17, 18, you put the bike in the shed because you've got just a rebuilt car. A few years later, you've got kids on your own, and you say, see a bike, and you say, oh, I used to ride a bike. And then um, you hop on it, wobble, 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 and then it clicks in. And then you can ride the bike. So that's with every skill. So sometimes they're always there, but until you do the action, they don't, mostly don't come forward. And that's why if you're reading a book or you've had a bad day at work and you say, I don't feel like cooking, you can't get the subpersonality out who you cook. And then you've got the, the thing with the moves. If you're... Um, uh, a little bit depressed, people will say to you, do something different and get your help get over your depression. That is literally true because if you're depressed, slightly depressed, this isn't the heavy stuff, slightly depressed, it's a mood. You have a subpersonality that holds your depression. You've got a subpersonality that holds your anger and your anxiety and your stress and that you're a no-hoper and you're a low self-esteem and panic. They're all subpersonalities what began in very early childhood. You can only make subpersonalities up to the age of seven. And then all your other life experiences come onto them. So you have all of these ones. Do you have the Mr. Men books and the little Miss books in, the, in America? Um, no. I don't recall seeing them. Uh, Miss Happy, Mr. Grumpy, um, Mr. Worry, Miss Fussy, all this sort of thing. The little tiny books. Uh, no, I haven't seen them, and I don't recall getting them for my children, but they could exist now. <laughs> they're, um, they're English books, and we have them in Australia. But you, um, I suggest to my clients, either get those, or the other thing is watch the Disney movie Inside Out. Oh, okay. That is brilliant because you have uh, you have a sadness, a joy, um, you have uh, anger, a despondent type of thing. You have these five emotions which are in the, the little girl's um, head and she's reacting out of those. Or well, there you su- she's using her subpersonality. That movie is technically correct. 
They just have oh. Oh, fantastic. I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to watch it. Okay, so that's how sub-personalities work. So I want to take you down a road that I know you want to go because you have a retreat coming up, so we're going to make sure that this um, particular show helps you on your retreat because I'm so fascinated with listening to you around the theory, but I want to be able to, to take our audience in a particular direction. You have a retreat that's going to be coming up in ballet regarding women with eating disorders. So let's go into a conversation about that. And, and listeners, you may go, wait, wait a minute. How are we talking about eating disorders when the show is about relationships? Well, remember, we have relationships with ourselves and we have a relationship with others. So in having something like an eating disorder, that is about the relationship that you have with yourself. So Beverly, help us. To, you've given us some theory behind the subpersonality and, and how that tends to work. And I love the fact that we have a movie that everyone can go and take a look at uh, regarding Inside Out. So everyone, please go pick that movie up or look at it on Netflix or Amazon or somewhere. So share with us, Beverly, uh, more. Share with us about how these subpersonalities or maybe one subpersonality shows up with eating disorder. How does that work? The, um, the anorexia is all about control. Now, I'll give you an example of the first couple of people I worked with with anorexia, women. Um, are we back on? Oh, yes, you're back on. You, yes, Skype, I think, put you out for a few minutes. So go ahead. Yes. Uh, we, we caught you where you said it's about women and then you're out. Um, anorexia is about control. Okay. Now, I'll give you, give you a couple of examples of the first anorexia. Of, that is so technically incorrect. The first people who had anorexia I worked with. This woman was recommended because I was only working mainly with this, um, depression, anxiety, stress in the groups. And, the, and a woman said, my niece has got this. And she's had it for nearly 20 years. And she's just come out of hospital. Will you go and see her? And I said, well, I've never worked with anorexia. So uh, she said, just please go. People are getting well here, you know, with all different disorders. So she rang up, made an appointment. I knocked on the door. Uh, Paula lets me use her name. She's put a um, reference in one of my books. And um, I went and sat in the kitchen table with her husband, and I said, tell me about your anorexia. And she said, well, I get hungry, and I go to the fridge, and the voice in my head tells me I can't eat. And a lot of people with anorexia, have a voice in their head controlling them. Now, when I heard oh. this woman, yes. So, it's, so when I heard this woman say, "I am not allowed to eat because his voice commands me I'm not allowed to," I knew it was a subpersonality or an overdeveloped subpersonality who who becomes an ego state. They're a stronger one. And um, when I realised she had voices in the head, I knew I could um, help her because I specialised in voices in the head. And I knew how to eliminate them. So we started with the process. I only saw it three times. Um, are we back on? Yes, and you stopped that. I saw her repeat. I saw her three times, and I'll, I'll edit that. Right. I saw her three times with an hour and a half, two to three hours each time, because with being an independent researcher, I'm not guided by the you go into a psychologist's um, office and you only have a 50-minute therapy. So 
So uh, she was the slight emergency one. So I went in. So in three, three sessions, a month apart, she was completely well. Now, she had had this for, uh, she was 15 when she got it, and she was 32 when she saw me, and she tried every therapy, everything she could think of. We met the part of her, because once you set the home up in safe and happy retreat in your, your head, and you knock on the door, and you, meet, um, and you go in, and you talk to the parts of you, sub-personalities were living there, we asked to speak to the voice in the head, Miss Anorexia. She turned out to be three. Now, if you know little girls, three-year-old little girls are very, very strong little creatures. Now, this three, something happens. She, with this work, you don't have to say what happened. She didn't know what happened. But something happened when she was three where she had to control because this little three-year-old, when we talked to her, like Paula would talk to her in her head, then tell me what was going on, we said, why don't you let Paula eat? And she said, I have to control Paula. She's not allowed to eat. And um, what happened... Um, Paula was a, a classic example. She she had a control issue at three, and then when she went into puberty, she lost control of her body, and that's when the control issue came out. And in a lot of um, anorexic, that's what's happening. The um, when they go into puberty, it comes. It's it's changed a bit over time, but a lot of times that happens. It comes into puberty time, and because their body's changing and they don't have control. Anorexia. Okay, I'm about, right. It's all about control. I had a good friend in um, high school that happened to her. And so I have a quick question. You you said you're dealing with the voices in the head, and I know that there are some people out in our listening audience who are going, "Oh, wait a minute, voices in the head? Isn't that something that a psychiatrist would say? Maybe the person has um, uh, some kind of." personality disorder or they have schizophrenia or they have something like that going on because they hear forces? Oh, it's quite, um, the facts coming out now say that uh, approximately 60% of the um, population have voices in their head. You just don't tell people. <laughs> that's a personality so because that's their role, their job. So, well, you know, this is using Australian terminology. You meet the subpersonality. You say, we're going to sack you. You're not going to hold this role anymore. It's been a horrible role. So you put them through the healing process. And if they're a child, you say, you've had it tough. What gift would you like? So sometimes it's a puppy. Sometimes they want a pretty dress or something like that. So you give them that. And the healing process washes all the picture away, all the pictures, all the negativity away. And that includes the voice in the head. So, um, and then this little three-year-old um, went into the home in the head as a happy little three-year-old who gave up the control. Now, when the, the, by the second session I had with Paula, she was, able, she was able to give up all her sleeping tablets and she was sleeping well at the same time because it was the voice keeping her awake. So it, it's such a wonderful thing to do for some, to help somebody get well who they've had it for long, a long, long time and it's destroying their life. They're not reaching out to their potential. They're sickish all the time. They're overwhelmed. They're, and especially the family. And then the families have got the guilt. Have we done anything which has caused this? You know, and a lot of people are blaming the mothers, which is ridiculous. So um, it's all about control issues. And they can... Okay, so... Go ahead. They can get well. I also... Can recommend I 
Do you recommend? I, what? I, can I also recommend that they take zinc. Um, you can it's, you can get a liquid zinc. Um, there's a book called um, oh, what's his name? Patrick Holford, Optimum Nutrition for Your Mind. He says what comes in first, the the lack of nutrition or the anorexia. They've got acne and things else for that as well because their body's doing so many changes and if their diet's not good, they're not getting enough zinc. And zinc is what keeps, um, gives you an appetite. So I, I suggest everyone, you know, to go on to the zinc as well because that is, could be hindering it a little bit, but it's definitely a mental problem. Because I, I, I find it, I find it so interesting because, you know, people who, and here in the United States, so here in Australia, uh, there are so many, um, I guess, people who have anorexia who are in therapy for a long, 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 oh, long time. And you're 20 years. And 10% of the world have got it. Um, no, 1% of the world have got it, and 10% of those die. So it's heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that is very, very heartbreaking. So uh, let me... So I want to step back this a little bit because there uh, are a lot of women who are diagnosed with anorexia, but it's also, isn't it impacting men as well today? Yes, yes. Uh, young men are um, over-striving to get the perfect body, you know, over-exercising and those sorts of things, and they're falling into the, um, the hype of um, the fashion. The fashion industry has a lot to answer for. You know, the fashion industry says you've got to have the perfect perfect body and wear the perfect clothes and the perfect makeup. And, of course, it's um, made to, for a failure because no one's got it, so then you buy it. It's, that's, it's a cool thing, the fashion industry. Definitely. So I have to let's step back then a little bit. What are some signs for the individual to recognize where they will know that they... Uh, possibly have anorexia or or even possibly another eating disorder because bulimia, bulimia oh I'm getting the word pronounced incorrectly but is that does that work the same as far as you're healing someone uh, yes. I'll ask you two yes. questions first first so the first question let me stop asking you too many at once <laughs> I want to know so much okay so Pay attention to what they're doing. 
they they know they're doing it, but and but it's the control issues behind it, and also the fashion. You know, they have you know you get if you start losing weight if you're a little bit chubby. You know, teenagers supposed to have a little bit of chubbiness when they go into puberty. So when you start losing a little bit of weight, people get uh, oh you're looking good and this sort of thing, and then they get hooked into the um, losing the weight gives them a sense of accomplishment. I had a 16 year old with anorexia, and she. Um, came down at 14 with it, and what happened, she went from primary, I think you call it primary in America, to high school, and she was a very anxious girl, been anxious all her life, and she just wasn't coping going into um, the high school. And also, I find that most people, these disorders are what we call sensitive. They're sensitive to the world, and they pick negative things up, and they, they're the artists of the world. I mean, this girl wants to be a classical ballerina. So she... Um, so she had the perfection issues. And what she did, and she and it seems strange, but she pushed the food around on the table and she said to me, I had a self, a sense of accomplishment by controlling the food I was eating. The rest of my life was out of control. I couldn't cope with the anxiety around school and everything else, but I could control something in my life and it was food. So she used to push the food around on the plate and make out she was eating. To try to hold the anorexia. So it's there's a reason behind it. There's, to the person, there's a very logical reason behind it. So you, the healing process that you took uh, these young women through uh, were, I mean, seemed to be very short times. Uh, you know, you only worked three or four times with each person. So it's uh, the same with other. Go ahead. Yeah, Paula, uh, it was only three times, but they were long sessions. So I'm looking at approximately 10 hours. So, and I, I try to do an hour and a half sessions a week apart so that um, you set the process up and you get it, give it a week to settle and the results to come through and then you come back for another hour and a half and I can do it over Skype, which I'm doing in America and um, Australia. Uh, the retreat we want to set up, we're going for funding now. Uh, we're, we're going to do it as a... Um, um, an evidence-based um, session so that people will fill out the forms at the beginning and at the end and they get the whole therapy we'll have a nutritionist and a dietitian and a um, yoga teacher and we're going to look at the whole person and we'll do um, eating out in restaurants and going to markets and, and redo their concept of food and bring in um, you know, dancing and music and all those sorts of things. So it's a three weeks of intensive. And the family three, members... Three, three weeks? Three weeks in Bali, everyone. That uh, sounds like a nice little uh, retreat. <laughs> well, you don't have to oh. say you're going to the hospital to overcome the anorexia. You're just saying I'm going on holidays to Bali. <laughs> that's exactly. So it's, a, it's a holiday area, so I'm like, it's three weeks going to Bali. So that's all you have to say. So, um, so... So, uh, and I'll ask you a little bit more details about this retreat because I, I, I want to know, uh, I want you to share with people a little bit about more what's included, what's the cost, and we'll talk about that just a little bit later, a, little, a few minutes when we're about to end the show. But I want to get back to, um, for the eating disorders because it's, it, are other eating disorders uh, being invited to the retreat? I'll ask that. So do you have to have only anorexia or only study in bulimia for the time being at the retreat? Well, 
what we're doing is because we're going to do it as an evidence base so that we can write it all up, the journals and that, so these psychologists and all the other people who were discrediting it because I've only got case studies. Um, it's got to be, case studies don't do any good. We've got to have evidence base. So we want 10 people to come in, fill out all the forms, uh, do the whole process. At the end of the 10, three weeks, they fill the forms out again. But we follow up, Skype phone calls, afterwards just to check that they're doing well. And then in three to six months, they do another follow-up with the forms. So um, that's, so we can write it all up as a complete um, evidence-based theory. We can be putting the, the journal articles and we can present at conferences all around the world. Fabulous, fabulous. Are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still with you. I get told off because I talk too much. So I know you're <laughs> No, you're doing fantastic. You have, so, you have so much information to share, so it's absolutely fantastic. Okay. So we'll have a break and I'll talk cost, okay? The average cost of going into a hospital in America is $1,500 a day. Now, this young 16-year-old I worked with, she was in hospital for three weeks in an anorexia clinic, so you go 1,500 times 21 days. Right. Mm -hmm. She said it did nothing for her. She learned about food, but it did nothing for her anorexia whatsoever. So um, we're looking at approximately $7,000 for the three weeks. That includes everything. They have to fly in and out. So that is uh, quite a couple of the people going over, like me included, are going over um, free and we're not charging. We're just charging the cost of the retreat because it's a, a research project. We'll have right. somebody there to it all up. So it's, again, we're trying to get funding through, um, uh, what do they call it, cloud funding. Okay. And, uh, and the not-for-profit organization we're doing it under is called JANUA, J-A-N-R-U-A Foundation.org. That's a not-for-profit institute in Australia, so people can donate to help cover the cost. Um, okay, excellent. So we're, we're looking for people who want to come who are dedicated, and we want them to be what I call the two hard basket people. The people have had it for years, and they've tried everything, and it's not working. Okay, excellent. If they want to bring family, we'll be taking that into consideration, like a partner or somebody, or if they've got children, they'll stay somewhere else at an extra cost, of course. But um, we can't take people who are um, at death's door type of thing because they couldn't take the, the travel. Um, you know... The ones with the tubes up their nose feeding them, we can't have those at this retreat. When we get into America and ha open our own retreat, um, we can have those people come. Uh, okay. Because we, we can handle that. But this time we can't. It has to be somebody who's had it for a long time who is um, uh, can travel and wants to get well. They have to be dedicated to get well, committed. Okay, excellent, excellent. And uh, men and women retreat, right? For the first one, for the first one, women. 
Okay, so you're looking for women only. Are there a evidence-based retreat or an actual research project? Are there particular ages of women that you're looking for? I know you want them to have had anorexia for a long time, but are you uh, restricting the age? Over 20. Okay, over 20. Okay. So they might have had it since 14, so that's six years. Okay. So uh, um, it's a bit hard for traveling and getting that. Uh, anyone under 18, it's a lot harder for moving around right. and doing things. But the first off, we're doing 20. Once we're set up in America, and if we've got somebody out there who's got some form of retreat or um, a, a treatment center who would love to um, learn this process, we, we can help them do that. We, we're trying to branch out. We want to branch out of Australia. Excellent. So women over 20 um, and, uh, okay, uh, able to travel. Okay, great. Uh, any other restrictions or any uh, anything else that the participants no. need to have? No, I prefer they're not addicted to any drug. Okay. Because you know, if they're on heroin or something like that, it's you know, it's you can't get into Bali with that problem. You okay, got. Uh, can't take drugs into Bali. You get shot, literally. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They, yeah. Oh, yeah, you get arrested, and if you're proven with it, they execute you. Okay. Well, we don't need anybody taking that chance. Uh, now, are you looking? Uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, anything else that uh, about the participants? Anything no, special they need to bring? Anything you think? Uh, well, what we'll do is we'll we'll set up. Um, on their website, on the January Foundation, we'll put, I think there could be an eating retreat little tag to drop down and you register your interest and we'll um, give you uh, what's needed, etc. The main thing is, the first, we're not going to have any scales at this retreat, don't believe in them. Uh, so what we're looking at is, if they're on a specific diet, they'll need to bring about five days supplies. See, some are so bad that they're only drinking baby food and eating baby food, so, or they only eat I know one woman who only ate an avocado a day. Well, avocados we can get in Bali, but if they're eating any set food which is not available in Bali, they need to bring it. That's all. Got it. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you so much. That's going to be uh, uh, excellent. I can't wait to see the results of this particular retreat. Uh, since it's a, um, it's a retreat for you all who, to, to, to be able to get away from where you are, but it's also a great uh, healing research project, so I'm excited to hear about the outcome. So share with us, Beverly, where can people find you and what you do? Do you have a website? Well, I have two. The retreat is under the Genua Foundation, and my the webpage of the therapy is called yourenvisionedmind.com. No, it doesn't have the O-U. And you just put the three words together, your envisioned mine and I'll send you a, yeah, dot com. Okay, yeah. I've, sent, I've sent you an email with that information on it so the and I'll make sure the computer guys has got a little drop down thing eating with laws on it so that you can register your interest and they'll have to pay a deposit to confirm but we will okay. uh, we'll have a look at what they are we as I said we want people who've had it for a long time and what I call the too hard basket 
you know, they, they okay. are hard to pick. Yeah. So they're the ones I'm not getting work. And Wonderful. I can tell that. So thank you. Thank you so much for um, for being with us. So we always have a we have a uh, what's called a deep episode here on the show, and that is where we give people coaching homework to do or their call to action, something that they can do regarding the topic uh, for their healing. Uh, so what is something that you could share with our listeners that they could take away that they can do on their own uh, to either dig deeper regarding this topic or uh, for some of their own healing, something that they can actually do? What, what, give us one action that our people can um, do. I have a, I have a process uh, called um, Toto Crop Your Mind. It's changing pictures in the mind. Um, what I'll do is people register go on the website and just say they want it, we will send them. It's got a, um, a CD uh, or it's got the book and the, the training part and it's got the hyperlink to a MP4 and you can change um, bad things in your head uh, like depression, anxiety, stress. It's a simple technique to use in day-to-day. It's separate from my work. It's a lovely little tool and we'll give one of those to everyone who sends an email to you or texts to you and as long as we have an email, we'll give it to them for free. Thank you all so much for joining us here on Cut the Crap with you all. Uh, this has been an exciting show, having Beverly uh, Searly from Australia and helping us with understanding anorexia and how we can actually change and heal ourselves by following uh, some processes that are the alternative to the usual just cognitive ways of being. So once again, this is Udall. Uh, we've got the crap with Udall. Uh, please join us next week, same time, same place. Thank you for joining our conversation. Join us again next week, same place, same time, at Cut the Crap with Udall. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.